the MI Golf Podcast with Paul Kelly and Morris J. It certainly is. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening to the NI Golf Podcast episode 43. 43. It certainly is. And we are in our new home. I have to say, it's very swishing here today. Now, this is the first time you've been in our new home. Yes. Uh, we borrow our studio from the uh, good chaps at the radio at New 105, mm-hmm. and we come in here every fortnight and hijack one of their studios. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it's moved to a very swanky new location at City Keys 2 in Belfast. And, yeah. and here we are overlooking the Lagan and the Odyssey and the Opal, and it's, it's far too good for us. It's very, I'm nearly afraid of touching anything because I'm breaking. And, and you see, next week I'll have worked out how to change the lights to a nice green colour to match the NI Golf Podcast. NI Golf colors. Podcast, yes. <laughs> so on the programme this evening, Mr Kelly. We're looking ahead to the West of Ireland Championship with defending champion Barry Anderson. If I could find my little sheet that had the menu on it, I would tell you what's next, but you far away. Yeah, with the Challenge Tour getting underway in a couple of weeks, Jonathan Caldwell joins us for a chat. Uh, we've got all the news from the amateur and the pro games, of course. And we have the second part of my chat with performance coach Carl Morris. The NI Golf Podcast, sponsored by Andrew Morris Golf. Have your swing analysed on Trackman for a custom club fitting by our leading team of professionals. On with the pro news, Mr Kelly. But I guess there's only one place to start, and that is over in America with the Tiger Woods story. Why, what happened? <laughs> You may have noticed, but believe it or not, it was actually Paul Casey who won the Valspar Championship. Did he? His first PGA Tour win for six years. Now, it may not Did have noticed win? that. You may not have noticed that with the coverage. <laughs> but yes, he definitely won it. It was an emotional time for him. He's been waiting a while. Um, and I think he spoke to the media afterwards. He certainly did. It means a lot. It's been too long. Very satisfying. Uh, probably more satisfying the fact that is on a week where Tiger played uh, some good golf, and we've been friends for uh, friends and competitors for a long, long time. So um, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's the only time he's congratulated me immediately after a victory. So that's something special. Normally, it's the other way around. Um, great experience. Um, I loved his putt on 17. What a putt that was! That was amazing. Uh, I thought he was going to hold the one on 18. Um, he was. I'm sure he was disappointed he didn't get the victory. I actually thought he was going to win today before the round started. I thought it would just teed up beautifully for him. Um, and I said, said a couple of times, I said, if I don't win this thing, I actually want Tiger to win it. I'm glad it's this way around. Paul Casey. He played some wonderful stuff in the 65, final 65, he played his putted, lights out. Putted out of this world. Yep. And he said that was a difference. That was what had been missing up to now. A great putting performance. Delighted for him. He'll make a big difference to the Ryder Cup team if he can get into that. Yep. I think I would say he would certainly be worthy of a pick. He's got a good Ryder Cup record, actually, Paul Casey. Mm-hmm. But he made the decision then to go and live go in on America the PGA tour, yeah, and yeah. turned his back on the tour. But to see now he's back, he's, he's joined the tour full time. Obviously... It seemed, if you were watching and paying attention to what was going on Sunday, that Tiger Woods had won the event maybe before he started. <laughs> um, he did play remarkably well, um, and the focus was obviously on him. The crowds were so big round it. it was well, there was a, a few things from what Casey said. Yeah. First of all, he said he heard the roars, yeah. but he didn't because Rory missed the cut. 
So he clearly <laughs> tell him fibs there. Second thing was he seemed to be at pains to say how happy he was. I'm yeah. happy. I'm yeah. happy. I'm yeah. happier. I could be happier with more yeah. weight, but yeah. I'm happy. That seemed to be coming across a lot. Like he's uh-huh. trying to convince himself that he's happy. Well. I don't know what. And the other thing that he said, which was strange, he pretty much counted himself out of it because he said at, on Sunday I thought Tiger was going to win. Mm-hmm. And that's a strange thing for you know a player to say. Maybe thought, to say. Yeah, maybe he thought he had no chance. Yeah, you know how far back was he get into the song? No, he wasn't. He was in touch. Like he, you that's know. what I'm saying. So for him to say, I thought Tiger was going to win. That's a very strange, defeatist mm-hmm. thing for a for a turn. I hadn't thought of it like that, but that was interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so Tiger actually did win. We're just winding out. Yeah. Paul Casey didn't win. <laughs> he it was fin- Tiger won. He finished second with Patrick Reed, one shot back at Casey, and here's what he said. I felt very comfortable actually. Uh, I didn't feel that sharp with my iron game. Uh, I, I played very conservatively into the greens because I just wasn't as sharp as I was yesterday and uh, just tried to hopefully get a couple good numbers um, and I fired a few flags but it's one of those days where I kept getting the half club. Um, just one of those days where I just couldn't quite get get the full club. We saw the magic there late in the round on the 71st hole at the 17th that long birdie putt. When you stood over that ball right there what were you thinking uh, just get the right speed just put to the picture and get the right speed and I hit it with what I thought was good dying pace and it took forever for that grain to take it and I finally did it at the very end you said over the years that's what your dad taught you to make sure you get that done just like that mm. as for the week the last four days you told us on Thursday that you're right there in the middle of the process of getting it back in gear so what do you take away from a week like this well, I think that uh, I've gotten a little bit better than what I was, you know, a couple weeks ago at Honda, and I keep getting just a little bit better and a little bit sharper. Uh, today wasn't quite as sharp as I, as I would like to have had it, but I had a good shot at winning this golf tournament, and um, a couple putts here and there uh, could have been a different story. If I said to you in December that Rory McIlroy and, and Tiger Woods were going to come back around the same time, and Tiger's comeback was further ahead than Rory McIlroy's. Would you have believed, Would you have thought that's possible? I would have thought that's Kelly talking at his rear end just for a change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, here, here you see, here, as you will hear a bit later on yes. whenever we uh, chat to Johnny Caldwell, mm-hmm. I think it was probably my tip to Johnny that secured his win in the Evolve. Right? Okay. If you remember rightly, we discussed Tiger Woods not so long ago. Yes. Clearly, he listens to the NI Golf podcast. He doesn't. Exactly. Reason being, what's he gone and done? He's calmed himself down. Mm-hmm. I said, and if you remember, I said, if Tiger can just console himself with realizing that he's never going to have the same kind of par and the same kind of distance as all the young fellas, <laughs> he'll do all right. <laughs> However,. <laughs> <laughs> However, he didn't. No. He, he totally ignored that advice I gave him. What was the swing speed 129.2. The, the, the highest on The tour. highest recorded this season on tour. For a 40-plus year old. For a 40-plus year old. 42, 42. With, a back, with back surgery. With back. I actually tried to, to get um, an osteo uh, a surgeon on the program tonight. Because I, I want to know what this fusion is. Because I want one. <laughs> <laughs> I 
ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I was, I was, I honestly tried today to get a, a back surgeon on, but he doesn't like doing this kind of thing, <laughs> right? So I was going to say, what's the crack here? Yeah, how can he possibly be doing that well? well not, not just the one back fusion, but yeah. the other surgeries, yeah, the, the knees, knee, yeah. the, the back, yeah. you know, all the, the, you know, and what's the recovery time on a back fusion? And you know what? What's normal? Because this is clearly superhuman. This is this. Can't, surely this can't be right. It is remarkable how quickly he seems to have got back to full speed, and it is mental. He how was, far he, he's was the ball. he was tied second, uh, or he, no, he was second in club speed for the oh. whole, for the whole tournament. But yeah. he, he has actually recorded the fastest swing for this season on the PGA Tour. Like you know, they're all all the bombers. Well, he's half his age. Ah, and he's up there. That's, you know, but the, but the point is, he doesn't need to. Right, he he plays iron shots like nobody's business. Right, uh-huh. he's probably the greatest mid iron player of all time. Uh-huh. So he doesn't need to be. And this is the point that I'm going to refer back to my honourable friend when I did make the point that he totally ignored last time he was listening. He doesn't need to be going after these mad drives. If he gets it even seven eighths of the way down the ferry, fairway relatively straight compared to the other boys, yeah. he'll take he'll take them out with his mid irons. Yeah, his mid irons even his chipping, his putting, and everything. The yips was have so gone. Good. Yeah, the chipping was so tidy. The putt on 17, 40 mm-hmm. odd feet, mm-hmm. died mm-hmm. into the hole, as you were saying, you know. It was a superb performance. You have to take your hat off to him, you know. We've been, let's be honest, we've been kind of having a wee laugh about it. No, no, no I know. You, you were, I, I always said Tiger would be back. I always <laughs> said. <laughs> now, I, I always said I have every faith in Tiger. Well, we did ask the populace through our Twitter, our Twitter poll. We did, we did a quick one yesterday, so uh-huh. it was the, or day before. Stuck yeah. it up and just said, "Okay, great weekend for the big cat, uh, unbelievable performance." But the big question is, will he, will will he win again? a tournament this season? Overwhelming three quarters of the people. I think about over fifty or sixty people, which is good. Yeah, I managed to try it. We did a very quickly yeah. throw away yeah. one. Yeah, um, overwhelming support for Tiger to win again. Seventy-five, twenty-five. So three quarters of the of the people who voted for our listeners of our poll said that he will win this season. I have to say, I'm still on the twenty five percent. Well, I would love to be wrong because it's such a rare thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, but seriously, if if imagine imagine if he wins the Masters. Oh, uh, as I said a couple of weeks ago, if he wins the Masters, best ever. Ever, I know, ever. but this is of all sports. I know, but you said that just totally nonsense because you had no clue what he was going to do of this weekend. Of all sports, of that all was sports. just literally being silly. I was the, just plucking the, it out of outer space. I tell you, if he wins the Masters, it is the greatest. I know, but you had no clue what was coming this no, weekend. No, no, so. and, and you know he could go to Bay Hill and struggle because he's trying to play too many in a row. But based on that performance, he has to be a contender again. It is. It is as weird a thing as I've ever Saturday seen. Saturday was incredible. <laughs> it was weird. His performance on Saturday was incredible. It was like 10 was, years ago. It was Exactly. It was pretty much back to where it was. Yeah. The chip in on nine. Mm-hmm. Birdie put on ten. The birdies back mental, to back. The fist pumps. People bouncing up and down all over the place. And you know, that's probably, that, that probably helped uh, Casey Bake's style on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That he was ahead, he of, he was ahead of that craziness. Yeah. He, was a, he was a few holes ahead of the mania. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So I think that obviously helped him to keep him a bit yeah. calmer. Yeah, a little bit know. more mania this week at the Arnold Palmer. Oh, there was uh, there was various things that sort of you. Know, <laughs> I don't want to be sucked into the hype, but it's hard not to. <laughs> <laughs> not when he's performing like that, right? The thing that I thought first of all on, on was it Thursday, Friday? I was watching. I don't know, but this countdown to Tiger's tea time, yeah, on the and TV. they have a clock and they have a countdown uh-huh. clock. That's balls. <laughs> 
As I said, that is balls on Twitter. That's nonsense. Stop that nonsense. Right? Yeah, there's other people playing. Pay attention to them. I know. It's just like this, that. Uh, you know what I mean? But then, having said that, I did read that the viewing figures. Did you see this? Through the roof. But did you see the well, the, the, the viewing figures for the Sunday in America uh, was bigger than the song? It was yes. So the figures for this tournament, the Valspar, which mm-hmm. you know, very yeah. very small tournament, was bigger than last year's U.S. Open on the final day. Yeah. He still he's, because because of Tiger, he still is the one people want to watch. Isn't that mental? He still is the 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 draw in golf is Tiger Woods, and Tiger Woods playing well is even better. And the sponsors and people involved in tour golf will be rubbing their hands again. And he did it on a course that he's never really you know yeah. twenty years ago he played. And you see what happened if he brings his form this week to the Bay Hill where he's won? <laughs> Unbelievable. And let's not let's not forget Phil. Great to see the old fellas. The old fellas are showing the, the young fellas a way to go. Exactly, the old timers are fighting back. So uh-huh. Phil, that uh, was a great win for Phil as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the WGC. Let's hear what uh, Phil had to say about uh, his first victory in something like a thousand and eighty-seven days. It's a long time. A good connection. Oh, here, that's you. What? What is? What's all that about? That's you for later. Hang on. Oh, a sorry, second hold here. on. Although swings are similar. <laughs> Here's Phil. This is a this is a very meaningful win. I can't really put it into words, given the the, the tough times of the last four years and the struggle to get back here, and, and knowing that I was able to uh, compete at this level, but not doing it, and the frustration that that led to, and to finally break through and have this validation means a lot to me. And I'm very appreciative of the people that have supported me through the tough times. Coach Loy there has been through thick and thin with me, and. Um, Having, having uh, a support system with Amy and the kids and uh, Callaway Golf, who's been with me through tough times, and Andrew Getzen, who's helped get my swing back and my, my game back to where I want it to be, and to share this moment with my brother Tim on the bag, is uh, all this has just uh, really meant a lot, given the uh, the tough times the last four years. And I'm very uh, optimistic and believe that this is uh, just a stepping stone of some more good things to come. I feel like I'm starting to play some of my best golf again. Three comebacks in two weeks. There's hope for us yet. There's hope. Tiger, maybe. Phil and Casey. And maybe Rory this time. And maybe Rory. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, happy birthday, Michael Bannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Michael's 60th birthday there? Was it on Monday? Is, is he that age? Yeah, Monday past. He, uh, he was... Sprightly man for 60. He was planning to head back to Northern Ireland. He was over, over with Rory for a, for a while there during the uh, Honda. And the Valspar. He stayed uh, on. Well, he was, yeah, and he stayed on the last round. And he was planning to head back home. I think he stayed on for his, his 60th mm-hmm. birthday. So happy birthday, Mr. Bannon. Uh, it's the Arnold Palmer Invitational as we've just heard this week Roy McElroy will be playing looking for some form after a miscut of the Valspar and Michael Bannon as I say remain in Florida to do work from, uh, following their early exit uh, I don't know what you see people are saying I think he's accepted himself he's got a wee bit of a timing issue at the moment he's a wee bit out of sync yes a wee bit out of sync but you know yeah. the point is he was a wee bit in sync for Abu Dhabi and Dubai mm-hmm. do you know what I mean second well, and third you can't argue with that yeah. so it can't be you know so what, what could possibly change well, that's a good question in the space of two to three weeks a flight to Florida who knows is that what did it who knows <laughs> maybe it was that put the putting on those Puana greens down in uh, in, uh, in the AT&T maybe at Pebble Beach maybe uh, knocked them a bit I don't know if putting on the poor grass now puts your approach shots from 150 yards that far out now good point. so but we'll hope it, it, you know it'll, it'll, it'll snap back in 
Ben and Hopefully. Boom, you know. Anyway, yeah. uh, Podrick Harrington, Shane Laurie, and Graham McDowell will also be playing. Graham finished tied for 40th at the Valspar, while Shane finished in a share of 49th. Just on the subject of the old timers coming back with Tiger and Phil, would it be premature of me to put money on Clark for the Open? Possibly. Uh, there's no Euro Tour. You don't share my optimism there? I don't like to write off Darren Clark. So see if he gets into the Open and he starts playing showing form. A man could win. There's no Euro Tour event this week. In fact, the Euro Tour is on a bit of a hiatus now until the Open to Spain on April the 12th. At the most recent event, which was the Honda Indian Open at that trick golf course, which was just nuts looking. <laughs> I it, thought that was great. It was great. <laughs> I <laughs> love the look see of the, that. the bunkers, which were 24 feet high. I know. And then there's these like, weird planks in them. Oh. And then you see the big waterfalls and all. It was a bit, a bit was great. <laughs> I love that. that event was won by Matt Wallace, who claimed a playoff victory over Andrew Beef Johnson. And speaking about Darren Clark, he made the cut, but he had a tough weekend, firing rounds of 83 and 79 to finish in 63rd place on 7 over par. He did. Uh, that, that playoff was good, actually. That, that last yeah. few holes of the uh, the Indian Open was great. That Your was... man took his win very well, cracking shot into the, the, yeah, the playoff yeah, no, hole. Was good, no, I have to say. Uh, the inaugural European Golf Team Championships will take place at Glad Eagles uh, from the 8th to the 12th of August as part of the Multisport Glasgow 2018 European Championships. The new format will feature a 50 50 gender split in the field with male-female professionals competing for equal prize money. We mentioned this a few weeks ago as well. And it's up against the USPJ Championship, so that will rule out a lot of the leading lights. Yeah, unfortunately, so all the top players won't be there. On the LET, Ashley Burry wrote her name into the record books of the Investec South African Women's Open, thanks to a two-stroke victory at the Westlake Golf Club in Cape Town. She was the only amateur to win the National Championship twice, and the youngest, she fired a flawless final round 67 to win Staying with Ladies Pro Golf Stephanie Meadow is set to get her Sumatra Tour season underway this week at Florida's Natural Charity Classic Yeah and Taiwan Warichat defeated Clark Dennis and Peter Fowler in a four-hole playoff at the Sharjah Senior Golf Masters uh, to win back-to-back stage year tour titles at the first event of the 2018 season uh, The opening event of the Euro Tour season featured Brenton McGovern Ronan Rafferty Des Smith and Philip Walton Brenton McGovern was the best of the bunch he claimed a share of 18th and the finale of the PGA Lynx trophy will be held at Royal County Down uh, that's on Tuesday the 27th of March 16 players have qualified for the finals which will begin with a series of 6 hole match plays uh, the semi-finals and finals will be over 9 holes and staying with PGA News Beaver Park have boosted the prize fund for this year's Pro-Am to 15,000 euros hopefully that'll attract a lot more of Ireland's top pros to come along to Beaver and have a rattle in our last episode we posed a really difficult quiz question do you think we gave enough hints I think we might have done Mm -hmm. Uh, where will the 2023 Walker Cup be held the answer was and we did give enough hints the Owl Course at St Andrews you ever played that Owl Course I've never played that Owl Course we'd love to and the winner of the Golf Now voucher for last time is Brian at BPGPDP class Brian at BPGPDP so is Brian a doctor in Downpatrick I don't know it doesn't say that on his Twitter bio but But could be could be be. so well done Brian at BPGPDP Uh, you've won yourself a Golf Now voucher we'll get in touch with you and get that sorted thank you very much to Golf Now for their continued support of the NI Golf podcast and we have another question for this week so on Twitter give us a follow at NI Golf podcast Uh, all you have to do is send us a wee tweet with the answer to this question to be in the draw who was the last golfer to win back 
back-to-back West of Ireland championships. There may be a big clue coming up soon. You're going to have to listen to the rest of the podcast. Okay, so that's the question this week. Give it to us one more time, please. Who was the last golfer to win back-to-back West of Ireland championships? Was this around 2005, 2006? Could well be. Did he go on to perhaps claim a silver medal in another little Open Championship? He did, you know. Okay, there's a bigger clue. We're sticking with Pro Golf and the Challenge Tour will finally get underway on March 22nd with the Barclays Kenya Open. Michael Hoy, Cormac Sharvin, Rui McGee and Gavin Moynihan are all penciled in for their starts at an event which carries a huge purse of half a million euro. And our next guest, Johnny Caldwell, is third alternate for the Kenya Open at the moment, but he's already made a good start to 2018, winning on the Evolve Tour last month. Evening, Johnny. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Evening, thank you guys. So Johnny, listen, congratulations. A great start to the season down in, was it Spain or Portugal you were in? Spain. You got the big win, so at least that means that your your winter work has started to show uh, some some profit. Um, yeah, it was good, yeah. I suppose you can't wait to get started now, get the season started up and running properly. Absolutely. It's, um, it's been a long winter, obviously, with the way the weather's been. Um, so apart from those three weeks in Spain, there hasn't been a, a whole lot of good golfing weather, unfortunately. Yeah, it has been pretty awful. How has that affected your, your training and your your sort of your work at the moment with the game? Uh, just being able, obviously, to get, to get out on the course and, and keep the short game sharp and then off turf. It's been a lot of kind of driving range off the map. Um, but it, you know, it hasn't affected me. Too much. Um, I, I still feel the game's in good shape, and, uh, and I played reasonably well in Spain. So I'm confident uh, heading into the season. So clearly, those wee tips that I gave you around Clandy Boy last year, uh, you know, came to fruition. Then when you got your win, absolutely, I'm delighted. I took the notepad with me that day. <laughs> Did it help you, you know, if you, if you put one into the woods at all, did it help you there so you could find them a wee bit better? Because uh, there was a few episodes in the, the woods. recovery shop. <laughs> recovery shots. He's good at the those. Art, but, the art, artistic. Yes. Here, uh, Johnny, what about, what, will, will you just have your fingers crossed for Kenya? What's the plans? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's just a matter of keeping an eye Obviously, uh, it's a lot of travel, so a lot of guys over there booked already. So it's going to be, a, I would say, it's going to be a tight one come Monday or Tuesday. Uh-huh. Um, but obviously, I'd be willing to travel late so for such a big event. Yeah. The problem with the Challenge Tour, obviously, it seems to take such a long time to get going, Johnny. You can almost get a bit stale, you know. Um, will, will you go and try and find a bit more warm weather training over the next couple of weeks? If you don't get into Kenya, um, what's the plan? <laughs> Yeah, if I don't get into Kenya, um, I might look to go back to Spain, do a bit of warm weather training, obviously. Um, it'd be great if the weather picked up here, but there's no guarantees of that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, well, I'm, I'm well used to, to having a long winter with playing on the Europol a few years there. You know, it's a late start in the season, so it's nothing, nothing new to me. Last time you, you chatted to us, Johnny, you kind of explained that you'd refocused on your game, and it's clearly paid off with your win, but what kind of things are you working on at the minute then? Uh, nothing really in particular. I'm just trying to, to stay fit and healthy and, and build up my my body for the upcoming season. Obviously, I've been playing EuroPro, which is three days, a lot less travel. Um, so the body's going to have to be fit and strong for four days of competition. 
uh, week in, week out, really, on a, on a longer schedule. And, and when you say fit and strong, you know, we say it a lot in, in the pro game that health and fitness and the actual training is becoming a much more important thing. Like, what, what are you doing? Are you doing gym work and all the balance stuff? Yeah, a lot of gym work, uh, core exercises, um, the spin classes, um, a lot of running, um, not so much pumping big heavy weights or anything. Um, I do set uh, certain days for a bit of weight training, but most of it, it is core, balance, um, golf-specific exercises, um, uh, flexibility and things like that. And do you put much stock in all that? I mean, really? <laughs> for, you know, is, there any, is, there any hope, is there any hope for athletes like me and Kelly? Absolutely, oh, hundred percent. Get you guys in the gym. <laughs> no, can, I ju- you, can I just can I just say? Get you a bit more mobile. Hold on a second. I've started Pilates classes. Uh, what? Yes. Well, excellent. Fabulous there you, for golf. There, yep. there you Good go. Term. I started Pilates that's classes. A, that's Derek Anderson's got yep. you at that, isn't it? It's <laughs> uh, Stephen Grimison. Or Grimison. Yeah. Yeah. Grimo, that's right. Uh, yes, I have yeah. started Pilates, Pilates classes. Pilates is great. It is. Johnny, we're talking about staying fit and, and, and flexible. Like, you're 33, 34 now. You're going in with all these young guns. Well, listen to him. Is the experience, yeah. is the experience <laughs> you've got going to, you know, will that's what's going to make a difference to you, do you think? Or how are you going to keep up with these young fellas? Absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm still gaining yards even even now um, with with the gym work and staying mobile and fit and stronger. Um, and obviously, like you say, the experience I've had, um, I'll be going into my ninth year as a professional. So I've played the Inter, I've played Challenge Tour, I've played years of the Euro Pro, I've done the travelling, I know what they expect and what, what it takes to, to, to compete. So... Um, I'm looking forward to getting going and playing against the, the younger guys. Well, it's a great start to the season uh, on the Evolve Tour there, so long may it continue. A few more wins under the belt this year would be fantastic. Johnny, thanks for taking the time to chat to us this evening. <laughs> no, no problem, guys. Thank All you. the best. Cheers, thanks, now. Johnny. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hopefully our next guest won't have to worry about where to take a penalty drop when he begins the defence of his West of Ireland Championship title at County Sligo GC on Wednesday, March 28th. Barry Anderson became the first Sligo-born winner of the West in 67 years when he saw off Jack Pearce last year and now he's bidding to make it two in a row, a feat last achieved by Mr Rory McElroy back in 2005-2006. Evening Barry. How's it going, lads? Are you well? Good, thanks. Thanks for joining us uh, on the NI Golf Podcast. Brilliant, Barry. Thanks for joining Thank us this me. evening. Um, obviously, it was very emotional and a very important win for you to win at home. What was it like? Um, oh, look, it was it was special. I mean, um, the West is is uh, the the golf tournament that got me into golf in the first place. You know, um, like my earliest sort of golf memories would have been out watching the West uh, when I was nine or ten years old. You know, and um, like so, it was back then. You kind of you dream of just playing it at some stage, and then when you get into it, and you get five or six or seven or. 10, 10 goals as it was in my case you kind of dream that one day you might actually win it um, so for that to happen like it's uh, not, not everybody gets to say that their, their childhood dream came true but like for me thank, thankfully it has you know so um, oh, like it was just great for uh, for myself and my family and for for everybody connected to me down in as well you know Brilliant uh, In terms of juggling your career golf career and your working Morris Luckily enough, Barry's actually a proper working 
fella trying to compete with all these full-time <laughs> we amateurs. So, we so know what it's like. Trying we to so keep your game on a decent <laughs> level. Absolutely. Trying to get to the range exactly. and get the short game area. It's, it's you it's know, tough. two kids. No, it's exactly. Hard, it's though. tough for him. He understands. So, he understands. So how are you balancing it, Barry? How do you balance it, especially during the winter? Yeah, look, it's, uh, it's, it's tricky at times. I mean, you obviously don't have... Um, as much time maybe as, as some guys who, who might be in college or who might be playing full time but um, lucky I mean you kind of you make, you make do what you have um, as you said you kind of get trying to arrange um, a couple times a week um, and then the weekends really is kind of where you get most of your most of your work done you know um, but I, I mean I suppose the main thing is you don't really um, use it as a crutch to fall back on to say oh look you know there's no point competing against these guys they're, they're and they have way more time in their hands. Like once you kind of go with that attitude, you're kind of you're behind eight, but the eight ball already. Um, so you just kind of have to be confident that when you do get there and play, that you make the most of your time, and that you're not just standing on the range, you know, talking away or just swapping <laughs> balls away for the crack. You're kind of making use of it. Yeah. So apart from winning the West in a couple of weeks, then what's the plans for the rest of the year? And uh, plan for the rest of the year is to play all the, the major tournaments in Ireland. Um, hope we get a couple in across. In the UK as well, um, and I suppose the, the main goal for the whole year is trying to be on the home Ashes team in September. Um, so I came up just shy last year, so I'm hoping to try and uh, hopefully get, get my name on the on the team sheet come uh, come September time. Uh, Sligo, obviously, you know it intimately. It's been developed a lot over the last couple of years, and there's been a lot of talk recently of the Irish Open going there, possibly as early as next year. You live, you've lived there obviously all your life. What would that mean to Sligo, Barry? To have a pro event would be amazing. I mean, I suppose I, I heard the heard this was in the in the grade final kind of um, maybe last year, year four. Um, you know, the European Tour were over and had a look at the course and the setup and the facilities of that. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know, to be honest, um, how far it is along, but if it did ever happen, I mean, it'd be fantastic. You just see the likes of Port Stewart there last year, and I'm sure by this will be the same this year. I mean, it's just such a boost to the local economy. And, you know, the people who maybe don't get to see a pro event ever in their lives, maybe, um, to have it on their, door, on their doorstep would just be, it'd be amazing, you know. So, um, like... I hope it does. It does happen. Um, I think the course will be well able first, um, especially if the wind blows. It will be a good test for any any pro coming in there. So uh, fingers crossed, it will come true. Right. Brilliant, Barry. I really appreciate you coming on this evening. We'll wish you all the very best at the West of Ireland Championship this year. Hopefully, you can make it two in a row and follow Young McIlroy. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers for having me. Yeah. So, Mr. Kelly, to the amateur news and some breaking amateur news. Yeah, big news from the States. Our top friend and who was in over those two weeks ago at the last podcast, Tom McKibben, has done the business again. Literally, as we came on air this evening, he has just won the major championship invitational men's individuals with a score of 12 under for three rounds. Yes, 68, 67, 69. That's a winning score. He beat you one by one shot, and uh, he was the Bella Colina course. Bella Colina course. This is the event organised by Sir Nick Faldo. It's part of his Faldo series. He brought a whole load of top players from all over the world again, as we talked about last week. Some really high quality players there, and Tom's gone out and done the business again. He's done it again. That's three wins in a row in America since the start yeah. of the year. It seems, but it seems to love it out there. Absolutely. So. Uh, huge congratulations he was in here two weeks ago telling us that, right. that he had got the invite mm-hmm. he's now over there literally this evening he's won the thing the men's individual the team he, he was playing for team McElroy team McElroy finished ninth ninth in the team
team game. So well done, Annabelle and Matt Alan. And, and I don't know the other oh, person. I should know. Sure. Can't remember. But uh, well done to the team for ninth. But huge congratulations to Tom for first place. Well done. Um, on the amateur news, Morrison Ballon Rose Sharon Burke won the Carlos Scratch Cup by four shots at the weekend. The next stop on the Scratch Cup circuit is Woodbrook on the 18th of March. Fingers crossed with the weather. Yep, the GUI have called up 16 boys for international duty as the season gets underway with away matches against France and Wales. Uh, here's the squad to face France at Terre Blanche. Oh, well said. Le Rieu course yeah. on the 22nd and 23rd of March. <laughs> Jean Brady, oh sorry, John Brady, Charlie Denver, Jack Doherty, Alan Hill, David Kitt, the aforementioned Tom McKibben, Aaron Marshall and Luke O'Neill and the squad to face Wales at Cardigan on the 24th 25th of March Patrick Callahan, Josh Mackin Alex Maguire Oren Maguire Scott Miller Owen Murphy Adam Smith and Edward Walsh good luck the lads mm-hmm. and big news Morris this is the bit that makes you fall asleep the committees Committees, committee Commit, corner. Committee corner. You, we should I, have I committee corner this. every I week. This. I can go and get a cup of coffee while you do committee corner. Well, the big news this week is the RNA and the USGA have finalised golf's new rules, which will come into force from next year. Now, remember last year we spoke to Vaughan Castro from the PGN Ireland when they were talking about these things, and you took great delight in laughing and slagging me off about the fact that you would not have to drop the ball, you'd be able to place it on the ground. Yes. She kept saying I had none for advantage. Yes. You had to drop it from shoulder height. <laughs> well, a lot of the changes have been agreed. Did I say that? I don't <laughs> think I said that. I would never slag you for that. And what I would say is if you play golf anyway halfway serious, you're going to have to need, you're going to need to know these new rules because some of them are much different from normal. Okay, so so really pay attention. What I'm saying is, I know we carry on about it and about committees and all, but these are significant changes. Oh, go on there. And, uh, but I'm only going to take a few, through a few points, okay? A penalty drop, Morris, yeah, right? Two inches. Knee height. <gasps> so knee, they, did, they didn't they go did, with that one inch thing? No, they went for knee height, which obviously is a bit unfair for you because my knee's a hell of a lot closer That's to the ground. That's what I'm saying, still unfair advantage. <laughs> Can we not have like an RNA international rule that says from Paul Kelly's knee height? That would be class. Imagine saying that in the rule book. <laughs> For penalty drops, see Paul Kelly's knee. See Paul knee. Kelly, uh-huh. Well, so you can also fix spike marks on the greens. Yes, yeah, saw that, yeah. And put without the flag stick being removed. Yes. So all the effort to speed up play. And they've also removed the penalty for a double hit. Which I can't work out why, but there you go. Because generally speaking, a double hit, you don't intend to do a double yeah, hit. Like it's not as if you're getting an advantage from a double hit. No, well, I've seen some people have a swipe in the bunker as it comes out, hit it the second time, it's gone out of the bunker. Yeah, but has it gone in the hole? <laughs> That's a good <laughs> question. It's gone closer. So listen, there's a whole lot more information on the rna.org and usa.org slash rules. Have a look at it. They're not coming into play until next January. But are they the main ones, are they? They're the, they're the main ones that I sort of thought people would be interested in. There's a whole lot of ones about, you know, lateral hazards and taking penalty drops and all. One club length has to be the longest club in your bag. We'll probably do more on this. We're going to have to yeah, near the, the, the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, Anybody who plays golf, competition golf, goes out on a Saturday. These are the rules you're going to play on. I love that one, uh, putting with the flag stick in. Speed up playing. Speed up, seriously. See some of the the slow ones who take forever to get in the green and you can just, you're waiting to go. And the worst worst thing is, you know, there's always one person who never takes a flag out. Uh There's always one person in the group. Stop looking at me like that. Who never takes a flag out of the green. And then there's always one person in the group who would never think of putting a flag back into the bloody Mm -hmm. play. So can you take your putt 
with the flag stick in, head on to the next tee and hit your shot and still there farting about. Well, I think that might break the etiquette of it, but they do want to speed up play. So if you're part of that group and people pay attention to you, <laughs> fair play to you. At clubstohire.com, you can take all the hassle out of your golf travel and rent your clubs before you fly. Clubs to Hire offer the very latest sets from just £32 per week, including the brand new M4 clubs from TaylorMade. And Clubs to Hire have just opened three new locations in Australia. That's 26 locations worldwide. So wherever you're travelling to play golf, choose the easy option and hire your clubs at clubstohire.com. Now, a few weeks ago, I caught up with performance coach Carl Morris for a bit of a chat. And we played the first part of this interview in the last podcast. Now, here's the second half with some of Carl's thoughts on how we can all become better putters. You've always had a, a good connection yes. here. You've done a lot of work here with the elite groups at yeah. the amateur levels as well. Yeah, I've been very fortunate over here. I've been very kind to me over here in Ireland. You know, did, did work with done work with Neil at GUI in the past and lots of seminars around the Dublin area and quite a few up here in the north as well. You know, been fortunate to do uh, Royal County Down and, and Royal Port Rush. We did an evening there with 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 Graham a few years back, which was which was great. So no, I uh, Ireland's been. Uh, been, been most kind to me, so they uh, they don't even check me. They don't even check the passport when I come through. And they just saw you back again. <laughs> well, I think the last time we spoke was probably about 2013. Um, you were over doing one of your seminars as well, and you, you passed on. I think it was your latest book at the time. It was about playing your greatest golf, yeah. um, and you were talking about post routine there and I think that's one of the things that I certainly took away from that book which was you know once a shot's gone put your club back in your bag and sail on because I'd have been a you know tinker and tinker and rehearse rehearse after the swing which as we all know is absolutely no value to anything that's a perfect example of all of attention (laughs) you know if if, if your attention after the shot's gone is is on that particular shot it's it's a history lesson you know it's gone it's not not coming back you know and yeah there's an element element I, I, I talk quite a bit about the difference between after you've hit a, a shot the difference between facts and opinions yeah. and that works quite well in the sense that you know if you hit a bad shot if you call yourself an idiot or whatever that's an opinion you, you, you might think it's valid but, but but you know what's the fact what did you do with that shot did you hit the ground first there was the face open was the face closed was it was it out, out the toe or the heel you know when you deal with facts you can move on then mm. you know and the brain can self-correct but just what most people indulge in yeah. is, is name calling of themselves <laughs> and uh, you just referring to books there you have another one in, mm. in, in the pipeline yeah. I believe yes I'm really uh, excited about this one yeah we, I've done it um, Gary Nickel, a good friend of mine who's um, performance director at Archerfield which is a wonderful location in Scotland we've done a lot of work over the last couple of years in, in, in putting and really started to get some exceptional results really interesting with especially with good players but across all levels and, and it's and it's nothing to do with the stroke. It's 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 so different in the sense that everybody tends to work on being trying to be perfect at address and get your start lines absolutely perfect. The book that we've written is called The Lost Art of Putting, uh, and there's, there's six principles to it. I won't give the whole book away, otherwise nobody will, nobody will get it. But but basically, it's a lot more about about pace rather than line. And it's amazing when you liberate people to start focusing more on on pace. The paradox is the line gets better. People who are obsessed with line tend to have poor feel. And we've got some interesting stats about, you know, if the ideal sort of distance to miss a putt is around about a foot. 
Now, if you miss a, if you miss a putt and it goes two foot past, the actual effective size of the hole reduces by about 58%. So just just by being, you know, this idea of never up, never in, and people bolting putts past can be really detrimental. If you if your pace control is poor, basically the hole's tiny. One of the best examples, everybody always says, oh, look how good a putter Jordan Spieth is. Just watch his putts. Most of the time in that critical range, that sort of 6 foot to 30 foot, that can turn around completely on its head and get some momentum, you'll see his putts and they're nearly always just dying into the hole. He's got wonderful pace control. So that's the real gist of the book. And you know, we're so really excited about that. Funnily enough, uh, a few episodes ago, we, we picked up a wee bit of research that was done about putting in reference to the people who... Who look at the hole, right? Yeah, and the people who look at the yeah. ball, yeah. and this research was saying the people who actually look at the hole better. Yeah. is better. And do you yeah. think that's the pace issue? I think I think when you do that, you, you first of all your your attention again back to that word when you're looking at the hole, guess where your attention is? It's on the hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that increases your ability to feel the stroke. If you think about it, Paul, we're the only sport where you're not looking where you're going. You know, you think everything. If you throw a rugby ball, you're looking where it's going to go, or you, you know, a tennis or whatever. The next best thing to looking where you're going is having a very clear image of where the ball, of where you intend the ball to go. And again, what we found is so many people they're so obsessed with the stroke, so obsessed with the start lines, they've lost connection with the only thing that matters is the behaviour of the ball relative to the hole. So that would it does make a lot of sense why people. It's a big leap, but it, it would make sense why looking at the hole as opposed to the ball is effective. Now obviously we're doing a podcast and you also do your own podcast. Yeah. So before we wrap up, Carl, if people want to hear more from you, they can go on to your website. Yeah. Is that true? And also if people want to maybe encourage you to come down to one of their clubs and speak to their pro, your website's a place to go for all this? Yeah, just get in touch with us on the website. More than uh, more than happy to come over and uh, do some more seminars. As I say, it's the thing I love, I love doing more than anything else. Uh, the podcast that you mentioned, it comes out every Friday called The Brain Booster. Uh, that's available on iTunes had some really interesting guests on that over the past uh, past few months you know golf coaches but other sports as well so so yeah any anybody interested in getting in touch just go to the mindfactor.com and uh, and invite me back and that is it for the ni golf podcast episode 43 some interesting stuff there from Mr. Morris. He always talks about some... He's always very sensible what he says. When, he, when you finish listening to him, you think, God, that makes an awful lot of sense. He kind of lost me when he started saying the whole had shrunk by 58%. I think you probably need to read the book. Yeah. Uh, so here, just before we go, um, you were doing... You had your journalist hat on for the uh, Irish Golfer magazine again. I did, yes. Yeah. You were chatting to Michael Hoy recently for a big article in their magazine. Just mm-hmm. give us the ins and outs there. Well, Michael's actually been on tour now 16 years. And he's still going strong in the sense that he's still addicted to it. Man, it's just... You know, we talk about Porrick Harrington being a tanker... Michael's maybe not just as much of a tinker, but he loves the competition. He loves playing. He quite enjoys the travelling in many respects. So Michael definitely will be playing in Kenya now. Fingers crossed he's going to get out there. And he's still got that hope to get back on the European Tour. You know, he's not as if he's he's given up on getting back there. He's still as competitive, still as mad keen to do well, still as mad keen to compete against all these young fellas. But it was interesting. I had a chat. I didn't actually get to use 
about in the in the article. He was talking about his driving distance. Oh, when Michael first came out on tour, he was quite long. Mm-hmm. Now he's considered middle of the road. Sixteen years later, <laughs> he's he been over talk. He's sixteen. He's middle of the road now, and he still he says he's, he he still gets it out there. He gets it out there about two seventy, but that's that's middle of the road now. <laughs> these see, be- see before we go, let me just say, um, just before we go, I think we're getting a call from the United States of America. Oh, yeah. Hello, United States. Is that you? Hello. Hello, Tom. Hello. hello. What about you? Tom you said McKibben. Tom How McKibben. are you? As we came on air this evening, we just noticed that Tom McKibben had won. We put in a call to say, if you're about in the next 20 minutes or so, give us a call. And here he is on the phone. Here. Well done, young fella. Thank you. Thanks. That's unbelievable. 12 under. What was it? 68, 67, 69, winning by a shot. Uh, the men's uh, tournament. That's, yeah. that is, that's unbelievable. You were here in the studio with us two weeks ago. You said you were going out. You've gone out and won us three in a row in America for the start of the season. Is that right? Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Unbelievable win. So it was. Yeah. So I played really good. So yeah, it was good. And you just come off the course and you've done the photographs, it's you've done the press. Hand. You've spoken to obviously not us now, which is the biggest media you're going to do. <laughs> but uh, just tell us about tell us about the event then, just very quickly, because I know you're busy and you're heading off to prize giving and all that kind of stuff. Tell us a wee bit about the team event and then the individual. Um, the team event, there was four people in the team and then. Um, Three out of those four scores counted towards the team event, and um, I'm not actually sure how we did in that. You came, you came ninth actually. We checked that. Yeah, you came ninth. So that was that was fairly good. Okay, ninth. Yeah, not too bad. And then we just the other the individual was just three rounds of stroke play. Well, and what was the course like? It obviously suited you. Um, yeah, the course was um, really really good rings were just pure but it was it was really windy like 30 mile an hour wind so it was very good you'd be used to that surely like green acres on a normal sort of saturday afternoon yeah there's no problem there and you had another hole in one tom yeah i had one yesterday on the 16th it was um how far was it i, I had six iron anyway and it one bounce and then into the hole so. and you, you saw it yeah, so yeah, the oh. guy got it on camera as well. Hey, oh, absolutely better. brilliant! Well, brilliant. here, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for ta- uh, for for ringing us from the United States with another victory in your pocket. Yeah. That is absolutely fantastic. You go off now and enjoy the prize given, and then are you heading back again? You're you're only home for a while, and then you're going back for the uh, Sage, Sage Sage Valley. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, going back um, next month. For Sage Valley, yeah. Fantastic. Brilliant, Tom. Listen, that's congratulations. That's fantastic because, you know, to go out there into that event um, and to play against some very, very high quality players out there, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a group of hackers out there. It was some top class players. I'm, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll hear from your, uh, from your sort of president McElroy sometime soon as well with some congratulations. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Hopefully right, so. and go and enjoy yourself, young man, and thanks for calling us. Okay, well, yeah, no problem. All the best. Cheers. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. There you go. From the United States, he's literally just off the course after winning uh, that Mick Faldo Major Champions Invitational. Very good. Class. Uh, Right, we're back in two weeks. Between now and then, obviously, Bay Hill. Bay Hill, and then the week after that, we've got the WGC, the the match play, and then, before you know it, Morris J. The Masters. Class. It'll be upon us. Uh, Enjoy your golf. If you're still doing the old Winter League, it won't be long now. They're all over. They're all over. Must be start of the season. Are they? Most of them are over now. Uh, 
Absolutely. And the start of the season time, St. Patrick's Day usually cycles the start of the season. Fingers crossed for everybody at the course. All well, the halatining getting done this week. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sanding getting done. Uh, so as I say, enjoy your, enjoy your golf. We'll speak to you in two weeks' time. The NI Golf Podcast, sponsored by Andrew Morris Golf. Have your swing analysed on Trackman for a custom club fitting by our leading team of professionals. Shaking that ass, shaking that ass, shaking that ass. See woo, shaking that ass, shaking that ass, shaking that ass.